Welcome back. We're back. Devil's Army Cast, episode 53 now. This week is the um, Vojtech Mozik episode. He was the number 53 in Devil's history. There has not been a number 52 in Devil's history. reason why I said that is because last week I said that uh, jersey number 52 was him. He was actually number 53. Sorry about that. I know it's a really big deal, but um, just Huge. just want to get that straight. But anyway... James and Chris, the duo, as always, is here. Solid dudes. We're recording this on Monday night. Hopefully, you guys will be listening to this by Wednesday, June, what's that, 16th? Something uh, like that. That's a pretty quick intro there. I mean, I don't think there's anything else really. Smooth like butter. Yeah, I don't think anything. It's been, it's been a little bit. When was the last time we dropped an episode? Has it been that long? I don't know. It feels long, though. Yeah, it was around well, the draft lottery. Two weeks ago? I don't yeah. know. Anyway. What we got going on? Another quickie. We got current news. We got second round recaps. We got semifinals, previews, and predictions. Then we're going to talk about, ready for this one? We're going to talk about why we think the New Jersey Devils have been bad for such a long time. When was the last time, Chris, you think the Devils were, like, categorized as, like, legit? Was it, like, the 2012, like, those seasons back then, right? When they made the cup run and a little bit before that type area, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a lull before the cup run in 2012. Like, we did actually miss the playoffs, I think, for, like, two years. Uh Um, I think we were – I think we were a team in 2012 where, like, we were actually – in they the were, conversation, we weren't like a top tier team in anyone's eyes, but we kind of just got hot at the right time towards the end of the season. And um, I think a year, a year or two after that, maybe we were still considered like at least contenders in terms of like making the playoffs, not like winning the cup. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we had the fallout of like, you know, Parise leaving and then Kovalchuk Could just we? deciding to leave. So and then yeah. the prospect system was empty. Yeah, it was not good. But, yeah, so we'll talk about that uh, a little later, why we think that may have happened. Um, all right, current news. So what just happened today is the New York Rangers made a solid signing in bringing head coach Gerard Gallant. They said it was a four-year contract. A good signing. I mean, he's a solid head coach. The, the thing that people have to remember here is the players are the ones that – end up dictating how the results go. I do think the New York Rangers are largely a bit of an overrated team. I think they benefit a lot doing well this year, playing the softer schedule, beating up against the Devils, the Sabres, those type the Flyers. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're a borderline playoff team next year. Um, I, I don't know how much Gallant changes that. He's definitely a really yeah. solid coach, but yeah. Good for Gallant getting a job again, but uh, I would have preferred it to not been with the team that I dislike the most. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was that. Dougie Hamilton has been granted permission by his current team, the Carolina Hurricanes, to start speaking with other teams. As you guys probably know, he is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. Man, you, I've been a Dougie Hamilton fan since when Chris since like he was with the Flames even yeah, before that, understand. like borderline Bruins. Like yeah. I've been a big Dougie Hamilton guy for a while. He's awesome. If there was defense. anyone you weren't on the train for like more than John Merrill, it's Dougie Hamilton. Hey, John Merrill's a good dude too. We're hey. actually gonna have a John Merrill shout out later this episode. He'll come up. You'll see when. But um, but yeah, Dougie Hamilton might. I have like listening to the podcast and like. Chris listening to me like talk in the group chat we have and stuff. I have like a list of players where I just like really enjoy. I think they're really solid hockey players. 
Dougie Hamilton's at the top of that list. Like Damon Severson's another guy. Like, but Dougie Hamilton is one of the better, best, not the best, but up there as one of the better defensemen in the whole NHL. Very, very, very good offensively. Very, very solid defensively. All around great player. He's only 27 years old too. He's going to get paid a lot of money. Um, uh, he he still will be uh, still will get paid regardless of the COVID and the flat cap and everything. The two teams that were rumored on him early is the Seattle Kraken, which make a lot of sense, and then also the Philadelphia Flyers. Makes me kind of sad, but um, Devils' name has been thrown out there. I mean, it would be great. Devils have the second most cap space in the NHL, and that's probably why their names get thrown out say, there. When you have like that much cap space, your name's gonna get thrown in every thrown conversation. A lot of free agents, yeah. So the the big thing here to note is they gave him permission to start seeking, which opens the door for a sign and trade, which I think is another benefit for the Devils um, because they do have like the some prospects or like that type of they could go that type of route how how many third round picks does this team have or fourth round picks they have so they have assets to get it done in that scenario too but Carolina could have a bad taste around. in their mouths from uh, the little Sammy Votnin and Quokinen deal uh yeah I mean I guess <laughs> I don't know but um, yeah I, I doubt that I'm just poking fun yeah so the thing here too is personally i would love dougie hamilton to be in devil sweater but i don't know if it fits tom fitzgerald's like mo for whatever reason i don't know how likely it is to actually see it happen but if i'm tom fitzgerald i would be doing my homework to stay the least on dougie hamilton so but alrighty, dougie hamilton gallant they announced all the uh, NHL awards finalists for the Hart, McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon. No surprises there, I don't think. Uh, Connor McDavid, no contest. She'll run away for with this one. Uh, yeah, I agree. Chris, I think you had those three too, but yeah, it was a pretty easy one. Connor McDavid should run away with it. Yeah. Desna, Vasilevsky, Flurry, and your boy Grubauer. I know you Gruby. said Grubauer. I think these were the three you said. I can't recall though. I know you said Grubauer because I didn't have Grubauer on my list, but mm-hmm. I think this should be Vasilevsky's award. Flurry would be a good choice there too, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who the third guy I had when we had that episode, but I can't remember. I think I actually had Vasilevsky, Grubauer, and Nedeljkovic because I oh, thought yeah, Nedeljkovic played like uh, just enough games to qualify. So you did. I remember that conversation, but. Um, yeah, I forget who the other guy had, but anyway, um, yeah, I think Vasilevsky should get the nod there. You never know, though. Calder was the three that anyone, everyone saw this coming. Kaprizov, Nigel Chikovok, you know, and uh, Robertson. Uh, Kaprizov would be very surprised if he doesn't get the nod on this one. Um, the Canes goalie had a very, very good season too, yeah. like Chris was talking about. But Mr. Yeah. Nadelkovic. That's 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 who it Nadelkovic. is. <laughs> uh Selkie, Barkov, Bergeron, and Stone. I wasn't a fan of the finalists here. Bergeron definitely deserves that, and he was my number one pick for the award. Um, Erickson Eck was another guy that I was like really high on that probably should have probably got some more um, love for this award than he did. But who would you say for this one? I definitely had Bergeron in it. I think I uh, included Sorelli because I knew him last year. I picked him to win it, so I figured he might be a, uh, another candidate this year. Um, I think I might have just gone with those two. I, I think I couldn't really think of a third one. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember who the other guys were that I had. Yeah, Erickson Eck, Philip Benault, and Bergeron were the three I had personally. Those were the three. Um, Bergeron was my pick. Anyway, moving on. Not that big of a deal. Norris was Fox, McCarr, and Hedman. Fox should take this one home. McCarr is another great choice. I find it a bit funny that Hedman gets a nod here. This Hedman pick here is just the point total and the name recognition. If you take a deeper dive into his numbers this year, they actually aren't all that pretty. Um, other guys that I thought were more deserving over Hedman was Adam Pellick had a hell of a season um charlie you think he might have been a detriment because of the system i and his name's adam pellick i mean like (laughs) people say adam pellick and half the like casual hockey fans would be like who (laughs) but um charlie mcavoy i think got a little bent over here um i i think he handily deserved it over Mr. Hedman. But yeah, those were some of the other guys. Mackenzie Weger is another good one too. Yeah, I think McCarr takes it to be honest. And that's not me sliding against the Rangers. That's just I think McCarr is just so hard to defend against. Um, His edge work and just the way he sees the ice is just, it's insane. Yeah, Personally, I think that um, they're going to do the right thing, give it to Fox, but we shall see. Jack Adams was Rod Bredmore, Bredemeyer, or however you say his last name. Bredemore? Um, yeah, Dean Evanson and John Quinville. Evanson and Quinville were my top two on this one. I think they definitely got it right with those two. Uh, I forget who my third was. I think my third was Sullivan for the Penguins because I didn't think they were going to be as good as it. Barry Trotz could be on this list like every single year because yeah. – He's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a close. T- I think I'm going to lean at Quinville over Evanson, but I don't know who you got here. I mean, I would have debated that if the Islanders didn't have that little drop in their play towards the end of the season. Um, Trotz probably would have been in the conversation. He's just on. He they, they should build him a statue for getting yeah. the Islanders to where he gets them every year. Mm-hmm. More on the Islanders later. <laughs> and it's uh, if I had to pick one to like be out of it to put trots in it would probably be brenda Moore. yeah and it's not that he's not a good coach it's just we kind of expected carolina to do what they did exactly. in that division this year yeah. whereas like florida and um i'm drawing a blank on the other one both of them were not expected yeah uh, i'm wild. For, yeah the wild they weren't expected to be like where they were and how they finished so yeah i agree i forget whatever but anyway these start getting announced soon we're actually going to have an article coming out that one of our writers did here at devil's army network about talking about these finalists more in depth and who they who he thinks personally should win the award so keep your eye out on that i think either tuesday or wednesday we'll get that out for you but and one more thing i'll mention because i said you know carolina being a team that we expected them to do what they did in the division they were in Uh I i know people could say the same thing about the islanders but the Islanders were in a much more stacked division. You know, they basically had all of the Metro except for Carolina. Um, and they had Boston and, and Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo, you know, we know what Buffalo is, but the Islanders had a, a tougher division they had to play in this year. So, yeah. So perfectly then uh, I, we're, we'll talk about the series now that wrapped up a few days back the second round series. The Islanders beat Boston in six. And, and that was a, that was a big upset. Um, not a lot of people saw it coming. The New York Islanders, man, like it's just it's it's reaching a territory where it's the trap. I, I don't know. It's 
They, you look at their roster on paper. It's like the New England Patriots situation. Not as big, of course. New England Patriots are a dynasty, and the Islanders haven't even appeared in the Stanley Cup yet over this little run. But they, their talent on their roster, I'm not saying it's not good, but it's nowhere the levels of these teams where they're beating on a nightly basis. It's just a system in Barry Trotz. And that's why I jokingly said wherever I said it, I think it was in the chat we have, like build this man a statue for getting the Islanders to mm-hmm. where he gets them every year. It, it, it's just – I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I'm, I've been wrong about them for the past like three years now because it – not that it doesn't make sense, but you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Islanders, they're going to pr- continue to prove me wrong. Um, it, it, uh, I don't know. I'm lost for words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said it in our group. Um, yeah, the Islanders are a team that I – if they can play their system and they have the depth, they can – you know, match up against anyone. And as long as it's a close game, that's the kind of game they like. It's the one team I would not ever bet against. <laughs> so just cause they, they usually will be in every single game. And if it's close, it's usually in their favor. So, yeah, it's just, like I was saying, just lost for words to keep on doing it. So who knows we'll see how far they go but my whole thing too is i can't believe there was devils fans out there actively rooting for them to beat boston when the devil's draft pick by this happening goes from 19th to now 30th or 29th to 30th now that's 10 Mm -hmm. spots 11 spots in the first round yeah that was just lost that is huge and yeah. you had Devils fans out there actively rooting for the Islanders to knock off Boston. There's yeah. the draft pick aspect, too. And there's also the aspect that the Islanders are a top four rival to the New Jersey Devils. Kyle Palmer, Andy Green aside, I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. But it just blows my mind. Like, I just find it a little weird. Yeah. But. No, I, I agree. I mean, if the if the Devils didn't have the Islanders first rounder this year, I would be all aboard the Islanders wagon. This, I this still wouldn't. They're but like a top five rival, of, the Devils. Yeah. I mean, and, and for me, you know. Sorry, Islanders fans, but they, they've been mostly irrelevant most of my life, and I'm happy to see them finally getting some success, you know. They don't uh, act irrelevant, their fans, though. <laughs> well, if they're happy, I mean, they, they've, this is the first time they've had this kind of success, you know, consistently. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I would be all aboard the Islanders, you know, train and everything if, uh, they, if the Devils did not have their first-round pick this year. Because we do, that's kind of what's made me indifferent. I'm like, I don't really, like want to see the Islanders succeed but I also don't mind too much you know it's it's like the clashing of the two things so yeah that was just another thing that I saw in the past week that was a little peculiar to me but we'll move on um so Montreal beat Winnipeg it was a sweep uh I picked Montreal in that series not in four but um yeah they they beat up on the Jets Winnipeg Jets man their defense is just bad <laughs> But um, Vegas beat Colorado in six, which was a bit surprising. Two of the top three teams in the NHL. It was a shame that it was a second-round matchup, but Vegas is, moves yeah. on. And Tampa beat Carolina. My my boys, the Carolina Hurricanes, finally fell. Tampa once again too much for them. Silly me thinking that Carolina had a chance against the juggernaut Tampa Bay Lightning. But, oh well. I, I did not do goat looking back at my picks. I went like one and three for this. I mean, the Islanders boss one I just did not see coming. Montreal, I got one right. The Vegas Colorado one was a toss up. Uh, Colorado kind of fooled me because they were like doing really good 
things, and I didn't think anyone was going to touch them. Silly me. Yeah. Should have known. And then Tampa, Carolina was me just kind of sticking with my boys. Yeah, so. I think I went two for four. I'm pretty sure I picked Islanders and Tampa in the e- – uh, well, I shouldn't say the East you. in that section. But that. the West, I, I've got both those wrong. I picked the Avs and the Jets. So. Yeah. Um, all righty. We'll move on now to our predictions here. So even before the series started, I have Vegas and five over Montreal. Game one of that series is tonight. And the Islanders took game one against Tampa. My – Prediction before the series started was Tampa and six. So, I mean, I'll still stick at that. Will I not? But that's that's what I have. Chris, what's your prediction here for these matchups? I, I mean, I said it in our chat. I, I think the Islanders can pull off the upset against Tampa. Yeah, well, I, they're one game, one think, game on their way. Yeah, I think they can do it. I think that, you know, they have the system. If they play it to a T, as long Certainly as that defensive depth is strong enough to hold against, you know, the numerous waves of Tampa. I, if, if it's a close game, that's what the Islanders like. So if Tampa can't, you know, put the puck in the back of the net, I mean, it, it sounds so trivial and so simple, like, oh, score more points than the other team, oh, score more goals. <laughs> but it's like, no, like, there's so many games, the Islanders get outshot, like, 40 to 19, and yet they win, like, 3-1. It's, yeah. it's the most bizarre thing ever. They that's play the thing. most ultimate bend, don't break, you know, give the low percentage shots from the outside and take care of the front of the net. And, and that's why I'm saying, you know, this is kind of the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, you know, between Tampa's offense and the Islanders defensive structure and system. So I, I am actively taking the Islanders in that series. I think they can pull it off. Um, it, it could go like six or seven games. I don't see it being like a cakewalk kind of thing, but, and on top of that, I mean, they already played last year against each other and it's virtually the same rosters, except the Islanders have Paul Mary and uh, Zajac. They picked up at the deadline and stuff. But, you know, the two teams already kind of familiar with how they played in the playoffs already. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at there. And then, you know, Vegas versus Montreal. Um, I know Montreal is kind of the Cinderella story. Carey Price is doing good. Um, they're not, you know, hurting him too much in terms of giving up uh, chances and stuff like that, like high-quality chances, I don't think. Um, but I can't not pick against Vegas. I think Vegas takes it in, like, five or six. Um, especially because just – historically the east and the west for the conferences just play different hockey it's it's weird how it's kind of worked out that way but it it, it just has Thanks so mm-hmm. it's just one is like more of a game of like you know systems and thinking and stuff like that and another one's just like you know uh get in there get everything done kind of battle it out kind of stuff it's it's interesting that i i noticed that both conferences play slightly different styles of hockey so yeah we'll we'll see how it goes like i said game one of the montreal vegas series tonight game one of the islanders tampa series with last night so we'll see how that goes imagine a montreal uh, islanders stanley cup the nhl is trying to build the game so much and then that's what you get in the stanley cup is those two teams yeah that would not be ideal i mean if, if there's one market they want in there it's vegas i think the other market I don't think Vegas they would mind Tampa, the Islanders. Please, I don't think this. they would mind the Islanders just because it's the New York area. So it's a, well, you know, people don't want to fall asleep watching hockey. I mean, I, I sent game you one of the Tampa Islanders game was atrocious to watch. I know it's like us when we ran the trap, which is fine. <laughs> and <it> Again, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It, the goal is to win games, and the yeah. Islanders are doing a hell of a job. People doing. were like, I'm "Oh, just the trap was annoying." It's like, 
But did we win? Yeah. It's annoying. It sucks. Okay. But did we win? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, I sent you that. I sent you that picture too. It's like most of the country they did like a poll is like polling for the Islanders. I don't know how true <laughs> those polls are, by the way. I, I saw that. Usually I, those. I things think that are... was like a TSN or Sportsnet one. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, all right. That that's what we got series-wise. What we think is going to happen. A little update there. We're going to move on to the uh, the very loaded question of why has the New Jersey Devils sucked for such a long period of time. Um, Chris, go ahead. Before I blabber on for a while, because I have a really big theory. Yes. But go ahead. Give some of your thoughts. So I feel the Devils just ran into the uh, <clears throat> inevitable situation that you do as a dynasty or a um, big, powerful franchise that I think that we just fell victim to our playoff streak. I think it was like 20 seasons or something like that. We were up there with the Red Wings at that point for uh, consecutive playoff appearances and um, a, a, vic- a, a casualty of trying to stay as a top competitor is sometimes you may make some trades, trade away some draft picks. Um, other times you might not be focusing enough on your draft selections, which is why we're talking about this. Um, I, I think that's what the devils ultimately fell victim to, which we've seen plenty of other teams and dynasties go through this in multiple leagues. I mean, we saw the Blackhawks going it through right now um, in Chicago. We saw, or we're kind of seeing, I think the Patriots going through it in the NFL, you know? Yeah. So that has a lot to do with it. Um, my, my whole thing, my whole theory is simply 95% drafting was atrocious. <sighs> This doesn't apply from 20, 2015 on. 2015 mm-hmm. on, the New Jersey Devils have been doing a pretty solid, borderline good job drafting. What I was looking at is from the years 2005 through 2000 and the year before Zaka was drafted, 2014, has just been absolutely atrocious. Through that however many year time period that's what five nine years the devils had 66 draft picks and only seven maybe eight of them turned into actual nhlers that contributed for uh extended period of time that's a 12 percent success rate on your draft picks over that time period that, that's not going to get the job done no look before those years 2004 out of one two three four five six seven picks devils had one true nhler Travis Ajak. Besides that, all the rest, not NHLers. That's 2004. 2003, Zach Parise. Only NHLer out of The most loaded draft class in, like, NHL history. Had one draft pick come out of that out of seven. 2002, the Devils had a ton of picks this year. Two seconds, three thirds, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, eighth. Guess what? Nine rounds back in 2002. Devils only had... One NHL and his name was Cam Jansen. Cam Jansen was an NHLer, but, you know, Cam Jansen. Yeah, he was a scrapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the 2002 draft. 2001 draft? One NHLer. Do you call Aaron Voros a center that was drafted in the eighth round who played 162 games in NHLer? It's not zero NHLers in 2001 draft. 2001 through, you could bring that up all the way to 2014, the Devils had at most like 11 or 12 NHLers out of close to 90 picks. That's a 
below 10% success rate drafting. Now, compared to other leagues, that success rate isn't going to be as high as other leagues like the NFL, NBA, and stuff like that. But that is really, really bad. And you, if you compare it around the NHL, I'm sure it's last in the league. Like, I mean, I, I can't imagine a team has drafted worse than that over that time frame. Um, quickly going through here, uh, 2005. So... 2005, Berg Force, Mark Frazier, and Mark Fain. Mark Fain, NHLer, decent NHLer at some points. Give them credit there, snagging him. Mark Frazier played 219 games. Want to call him a true NHLer? You can. That's a little uh, hesitant to do that there. And Berg Force played 100 games. So, eh. uh, 2006, there was no one. Uh, Matthew Carante, career NHLer. Vladimir Zarkov, career NHLer. Played only 82 games. Go to 2007. Uh, Matt Halschuk's the only name here. Mike Holful, Nick Palmieri, Corbin McPherson. Those are all guys that had some AHL experience. Nothing really in NHL. 2008. That was a good old Matthias Tedenby year. Who, by the way, is still playing over in uh, maybe where's he playing? Switzerland, I think. He's doing well over there. Good for him. Um, Adam Henrique, 710 NHL games. Only NHL are out of that class. 2009, Jacob Josephson, the shootout legend, was in this class. <laughs> uh, Eric Jelena, by the way, has made his NHL return. Did you see that? I, I did, yeah. Is it Carolina? He a two-way contract with what team? Carolina, Carolina? I think. Yeah. I think it was Carolina. So, um, yeah, that was that this draft class. If you call Josephson a hit. Sure, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, not much coming out of this one. 2010, our boy John Merrill, bona fide NHLer. Outside of that, nothing happening here. 2011, you have Adam Larson and Blake Coleman. Probably the devil's best drafter of this time period, which is a shame, which is amazing because they only had two NHLers come out of it. Um, other guys, Reese Scarlett, Blake Pietala. Like, I mean, eh. 2012 yeah. was a Stefan Matteau draft. Damon Severson, my boy, was in this draft. And Alexander Kerfoot. So they had two NHLers in this draft. Good for them. 2013, you got Miles Wood. Besides that, you have Steven Santini, Miles Bell, Ryan Kuj. Like, you just don't have NHLers here. 2014, they don't have a single NHLer in this one. Uh, John Quinville, Joshua Jacobs, who could probably be an NHLer, but he hasn't gotten a shot yet. And then it brings to this year. But. I mean, the Devils drafted bad for, what did I say, 2001 through 2014, 13 years? It was lengthy, yeah. 13 years, finally caught up to them. That's why they've been bad for the past. How many years have they been bad? Since 2011 or 2012 to 2021? What's yeah, that? Almost 11 I, years. Look at that. I would say we were sniffing around like the playoffs, like lingering around the playoffs for uh, a couple years. But rock bottom was like probably three or four years after that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 what I just said. Eleven years, at least twelve years of bad drafting. How many years has the Devils been not good? Eleven years, ten years. Put two and two together. Um, it just drafting really costs this team. Thankfully, like I said, since two thousand fifteen. By the way, very two thousand fifteen. You had Zach on Blackwood. And then 2016, you have some NHLers probably emerging out of this class. Since 2015, they've been drafting well, and we're going to slowly see the Devils start wreaking the benefits of that. Hopefully, it needs to continue. They need to continue to draft, though, to keep building. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, that, for me, the reason why the Devils have sucked for such a long time now is because of drafting. Anything to say? It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes absolute sense. I mean, you you did hit the nail on the head, nice. um, and you know, part of that can be being blind from winning. You know, um, you mentioned time periods where we were very successful, um, even when we didn't win the cup. We were constantly a top team in the conference. So sometimes winning can make you blind to uh, weaknesses. So yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Like I said, this was a shorty. So we really don't have much else. Chris, anything news wise I may have missed or anything you wanted to talk about here? Mm, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. So not off the top of my head. Alrighty folks. So we have content coming out. It's not as many articles as I would like, but we're going to start slowly having more and more come out. We're kind of at like a weird time period where playoffs are still going on. And we're not really in the swing of the off season yet. Had one, two, two or three draft profile or two draft profiles come out for you that I wrote up. We're going to have the NHL awards finalist previews predictions type article coming out this week i'm sure we'll be churning more stuff out for you in the coming weeks so stay tuned for that but besides that that's all we have for this episode anything else you want to add chris here before we sign off let's go devils baby yes sir as always everyone stay safe out there and we will talk to you guys sometime next week